Thank you for being here today, Serena, and welcome to the Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today. You are a realtor, no. um, <laughs> a real estate investor, and what is really, really interesting, uh, the author of The Accidental Entrepreneur, because somehow um, most of us are actually accidental entrepreneurs, um, like myself as well. Maybe we come to that story again later. And you are an award-winning event planner. So these are a lot of things we can talk about today. I'm really happy um, that you're here today on the show. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself and we can take it from there. Yeah, sure. So like you mentioned, um, I had written a book called The Accidental Entrepreneur because I literally fell into business by accident. Um, I'd been working part-time as a brand ambassador for a number of different agencies and was offered an opportunity with the company that I later came to own. So literally started out as a part-time brand ambassador for a few months. The owner at the time, uh, I guess, saw something in in me and asked me to join as a manager. I did that for about six months. And then she said, you know, You've been here for this long. You've demonstrated your capabilities. Would you like to come on board as a partner? And at the time I was like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be a broadcast journalist. That's what I studied for. I went to school for, and I okay. kind of just was stalling a little bit. And then I had an opportunity with a radio station here in Toronto that didn't pan out. So then I kind of took that as a sign that maybe this is a step that I should follow. So I accepted partnership. And the benefit on that is that I I didn't have to pay for it. I just assumed half of the debt that she'd kind of accumulated during the first year of the startup. So I pretty much came on board for not really much money. And then the company started to really take off. So we were booking events with a very big telecom company that led into like a couple of other very big contracts. And then about four years in, she decided to leave for personal reasons. So that was literally in the middle of the 2008 recession. So I had to decide like you know, my options were, do we take what's in the business and split it 50-50 and I just go get a job somewhere? Um, Do I potentially entertain the idea of partnering with another company where they would have half of my business, but I don't necessarily have half of theirs, so selling her shares, or I could buy her out. And I think at that time, we'd, we'd built up enough business and goodwill, but I decided to take that risk and you know, basically took a couple of years to pay her out and then continue to run the business for another 14 years beyond that. Wow, and here you are today, actually, right? Yeah, yeah. So I that's, exited that uh, last February, <laughs> so it's been just over a year now. Wow, that's that's really an amazing story. I mean, it's 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 so many so many factors when you when you actually uh, uh, opening a business or want to opening a business, mm-hmm. and 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 later on, if you if you slide in in different situations like that, special especially in the uh, in in real estate because everything goes very fast. Um, there have been a lot of changes recently. Um, so I'm sure you know about all the, you know, everything was going on, the financial crisis and everything. So how, how do you feel about it? I mean, how do you feel about the, 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 the latest events that we have? Because a few days ago, I'm, I'm not sure if you have listened to it, but there is like Silicon Valley bank, um, you know, announced the bankruptcy. There is a credit Suisse, which is one of the major <laughs> banks in the world which announcing as well some kind of uh uh um yeah similar uh, yeah. similar issues I did read you know? about that it sounds like there's a lot of mismanagement like they had one particular key 
role at that bank in Silicon Valley that went absent for about nine months. And there were certain things that they were kind of doing that were very high risk. Uh, so it just sounds like in general, there was some mismanagement at the upper level across the board. So it really doesn't necessarily touch us. Like here in real estate, I think the biggest challenge that we've experienced is interest rates. Like they've more than doubled in the last Whoa, year. So a lot. we've gone from seeing like rates around 3% to 7 maybe just over seven. So you can imagine for homeowners that were buying really high, like during COVID, the, the prices escalated about 30% for us here. So there was people that bought very, very high. And then now their interest rates, if they're variable or whatever it may be, like could potentially have gone up or for, even for other homeowners that aren't locked in. So there's been a lot of issues with that. And then all of a sudden home buyers just, you know, they say they're doing this because of inflation, but now it's kind of like, well, prices are coming down, but with the interest rates going up, it's no more affordable for anyone now than it was before. So I think the hope is that prices will continue to come down and then eventually rates will stabilize and come back down. So we'll see what happens. Like we have a housing crisis here. There's a big issue with supply. So how long they stay down for is the question. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I mean, it's great because we, we're now living in an international environment, every single one of us. And there are so many opportunities around the world so yeah. I, I I kind of think, you know, when people saying it's like, oh, there is a crisis going on, it's so bad and everything. But, you know, look, look at other countries, you know, just Saudi Arabia just announced that they had uh, Aramco, the biggest uh, oil company, and uh, made more profits than Google, Microsoft and, and all the big companies together uh, in 2022. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, wow, you know, it's, this is completely crazy. So so yeah. I think I think it's it's more it's more kind of a perception you know, a more kind and of the media. Uh, I mean, the media drives a exactly. lot of it. You know, I think aside from housing prices, our big challenge here is that food prices have gone up a lot. And I can understand if gas is really high, how that's connected to food costs, but it kind of went up and then came down. So what's confusing is that, you know, it's not like people stopped eating during the pandemic. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was <laughs> yes. a, an essential service. So food was kind of protected in that respect. And these food prices have gone up very, very significantly. Like I've actually tracked our grocery spend for the last 15 years <laughs> and it's tripled oh, really? in oh, 15 years. I literally track it month to month and year over year to see how much that increases. And okay. the sad thing is all these grocery retailers are indicating these record breaking profits, but they are a for-profit business, right? So at the end of the day, I think, you know, governments may eventually have to step in and regulate it to some aspect because there are a lot of people on low income or fixed incomes that just can't afford that. And they're going to compromise their nutrition and their health if they can't afford the more expensive produce or whatever it may be. Okay. Okay. I do. I do actually exactly exactly the same. You know, we're tracking our uh, spendings as well for um, for for food. Like, I mean, for everything other thing as well. But we have it as well for food. So, and I think for the last ten years, obviously, it went up. You know, but yeah, when I look at it, it's 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 not too crazy. You know, it's not like yeah. too too much. I think it's still we're still in a, a in a good zone. You know, if you um if you obviously if you don't go uh, crazy and buy the craziest products ever then uh, then it's yeah. all good I mean, we're not know. eating anymore that's what's but to see a triple increase like that is very very significant right yes. you can imagine it is, how it is. some families or or different people that could be elderly or living alone like that could be a challenge for them right but i think Definitely. that's where people need to look at their revenue streams and their sources of income and try to find ways to become almost recession proof right like yes. i think people yes. get very comfortable in their jobs and one source of income and then if things change or you lose your job, then what do you do, yeah. right? So I think that's for me something I'm really grateful of with, you know, the investing that I started doing years ago, just to try to expand my source of 
of income and no one knew COVID was coming and events couldn't happen anymore, right? So it saved me that I started doing some of these things ahead of that happening. So, and when we when we talk about investing, so you were uh, you were speaking about, or you wrote a book about uh, um, the uh, to be an ex accidental <laughs> entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is one side. Okay, this it's as well an investment uh, because or an income stream. Let's say it this way, mm. because obviously it gives you um, an X amount of money um, uh, uh, back as well. But where do you invest as well? A part of uh, real estate, for example. Mm. Um, where do you? Or where do you um, uh, uh, ask people where they should invest in? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what you're comfortable with, right? So for me, when I bought my very first rental property, it was a short-term rental in Florida. And at the time, I bought it there because our dollar was at par. And it was much cheaper to buy down there. So I could buy a condo for $125,000. There's like mm. literally no chance you could buy anything that cheap here. So it was a more affordable way for me to get started. I was kind of banking on the fact that the dollar is not going to remain par for very long. So I kept it for four years, paid it off during that time. And then when I sold it, the dollar was no longer at par. So I made money on the market appreciation and then also on the exchange. So I basically doubled my okay. investment in four years and then used that to pay off my mortgage at home. So then my home equity line of credit went like from this to this. And then I was able to use that money to invest in other things with. Wow, that's that's already really good. I mean, for for the for real estate in buying something, doubling it up. Um, most of the people, what they do at the moment is they buy something and they rent it for Airbnb. So, yeah. what 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 do you think about that? Do you think it's it's as well good or because of well, all the the taxes or the, the house good. which is trashed and everything, you know? Well. <laughs> I don't think that there's too much concern like there is wear and tear um but i think that there's like for us here in ontario there's a lot of issues with tenant rights so tenants can get into a property they know that it's almost in, impossible to get evicted they may take advantage of that and not pay rent yeah. so short-term rentals are one way around that but i think at the end of the day you've got to be very careful with where you go like where i went where i went i actually had a lot of vacancies so i was paying it off with money i had from my business rather than the rental income, it actually didn't even make enough to support itself for the year. But I was banking on that long term game. So I think you've got to do the due diligence to make sure the demand is there. Like you don't want to see 70% vacancy during the year, like you want it the opposite to that. So I think you just have to be very careful with where you go and that know that wherever you go, if you can't fill it with short term renters, that at least then you can maybe put a long term renter in there if you had to. So you just have to do your research on the market. There's a lot of different places. And you know, just try to figure out what strategy works best for you. No, uh, I think I think this is really good. And I, from what from what you're saying, is I, I hear you really know what you're talking about. So, well, I uh, learned because what... I had vacancy. <laughs> so, you know, I <laughs> sure, took what sure. the realtors had to say at face value because they actually were family friends. They lived in the building beside where we were buying, and I think you know, at the end of the day, maybe they were just trying to set, like make a sale, right? So, I should have done a lot of more due diligence for myself. Um, you know, it's still, it was still good. I'm not complaining, but I think moving forward, I would do far more research just to make sure that it is a sound investment and it's not just breaking even. Like you want to be seeing profits from that and cash flow. Yeah, this is this is exactly what our uh, last guest said as well. Uh, do do your research. You need to do If you sell products or if you if you do anything in business, you need to do your research because if not, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna <clears throat> bleed later on if you don't do that. Yeah, so absolutely. when you when, I have a question for you. For example, what values are important to you when you think about the kind of business you want to build? I mean, mm -hmm. we have heard already a little bit 
of how you structured your business and everything. Yeah. But the values, the values um, would be very important as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of people here will buy these underperforming multifamily properties and then they take time to, you know, offer cash for keys to get tenants out and renovate the units and then they rent it at a higher amount. So I think that's a very, very popular strategy where you're basically forcing appreciation. But there may not okay. necessarily be good cash flow until the renovations are complete. And then the property goes up in value and you can have it reappraised and then refinance. So you could take a building, for example, from 2 million to 4 million or 4 million and a half, and then pull out a couple million dollars tax-free because it's a refinance, not a sale. So there's strategies that people implement in that way, but you're not necessarily seeing like very good cash flow throughout until that refinance happens. So that's one strategy. Um, a lot of things, again, there's a short-term rental market, there could be student rentals, and then you don't have to worry about the Landlord-Tenant Act because students only stay for a year at a time. So they turn over every single year. So you can keep raising the rent every single year to whatever you want. It doesn't really matter the way that you have a long-term tenant where there's rent controls in place in different circumstances. And then another big uh, popular concept right now is land development because we can have this housing shortage. The government has put certain things in place to make it easier to develop. Again, no cash flow up front, but then it could be a very, very big profit at the end. So you have to obviously still know your numbers, know if you can rezone for higher densities and stuff like that. But I know a lot of people that are moving towards land development just because the end result is so much greater. Okay. Okay. So there is as well a lot of other experts in the field, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, so what is one idea, one of these experts in your field say that you completely disagree with? Because obviously you have your own opinion, you have your own um, experience. But there is obviously some gurus, some experts out there mm -hmm. which are saying different things about the market or how to build the business or how to use your funds in order yeah. to, um, to, to invest. Is there uh, anything you disagree yeah, with? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say if there's anything I disagree with. Like, I think there's always the, the media and the naysayers saying, you know, how property values are going down. And that may be true. They are coming down. But traditionally, over the long term, real estate is something that will always continue to go up and up. You know, there's often a chart where you see like a little dip, but then there's a big spike, and then a little dip and a big spike. So over the long term, if you think, you know, when I think back to my first house, which was like a small townhouse, it was $190,000. That's selling around like $700,000 right now over the last 15 years. So that's huge gains and huge appreciation. And multifamily is even much greater than that. Like they typically double in value every 10 years. So if you bought something for 10 million, brought a pool of investors together, 10 years from now, it could be worth 20 million or even more, right? Mm. So I think there's just a lot of potential with, with real estate, unlike anything else. Like even like often pe people will talk about Warren Buffett, like real estate is the most important part of his business, right? So over the long term, you know, you have to think that way. It's not like a short plane. If you're constantly turning over, you know, maybe you won't necessarily be as profitable, but there are strategies you can do to make sure you've got those long-term gains and the long-term wealth. I think so as well, especially, you know, even even if you buy a property for yourself or yeah. uh, you have your family. Our house is quadrupled you know? in value <laughs> since we it's, bought exactly. it. Exactly. And on, on, top, on, top, on top of that, you have your family secured. Everything is fine. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. this is uh, this is definitely something. And you can only yeah. learn all of this by experience. I mean, there obviously there's people who read a lot and, you yeah. know, but you need to have experience, experience like yourself. Experience learning from yeah. others too, right? Exactly, like, learning from others. mastermind groups so that way I can learn from what other people are doing. And my thought is that ideally you can learn from people to get where you want to go faster, right? Why would I just struggle and suffer through something when I can lean on someone else that's been there already? 
Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that that you're saying this because because mastermind groups is really, really important. And everyone who's listening to this, if they don't know it yet, just uh, search for one because it will help you. It will really help you a lot. Um, that, uh, that that you can you know get your thoughts out there and as well understand more because because as we already said, you don't you don't fail. You you learn. Only if you stop, it's it's yeah. it's completely done. As long as you learn so, from the mistake, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And um, you wrote as well a book. Let's let's talk about this a little bit because sure. your book, um, the uh, the accidental entrepreneur. Can you please give us a little bit more context about it, and yeah. as well maybe the areas that you love the most? <laughs> yeah. So I think um, when I was growing up, I had a lot of challenges, and. Uh, I think people had always told me, like, you're going to have to write a book about this one day. So it was just always in the back of my mind, like even processing some of the things that I went through, like my parents separated when I was really young and then my brother died in an accident a year later. And then I had a lot of, you know, moving around, like I was with my dad and then my mom and then an aunt and uncle and then back with my mom. And, you know, I was just bounced around a lot throughout my whole childhood. So I had a lot of obstacles and challenges to kind of overcome. And I think I learned at a very young age that no one's going to hand me anything on a silver platter. Like I've got to do this for myself. So I worked really, really hard to get a scholarship, to go to university, get myself through, you know, had this opportunity to basically be partnered on a business very early on. So, you know, as it goes through all those personal challenges, it also talks about being a young business owner and the different things that you'll face and try to learn and all the lessons that kind of come along with that. And then of course I do talk about how I discovered the concept of investing and know everything that kind of goes along with that and the journey through that process and when I wrote the book um I faced a barrier like I didn't know how to publish I was I started looking into things and then I just shelved it for a while so I think I shelved it for a couple years and then COVID happened and I was like okay my business can't even operate for now like I have an infinite home but I have a little bit more time than I would have had the business been operating. So I decided to rewrite the ending of the book because of all the stuff happening with COVID and found a way to get it published and edited and designed and everything else. Um, so I basically, you know, just take it through to basically the point where I'm trying to sell the business at that point. So, okay. Okay, great. So you're selling as well on Amazon. Where can we, where is it possible yeah. to, um, to buy the book? Yeah, so it's definitely available on Amazon. Um, the easiest thing is that I've got a link tree. So it's linktree forward slash Serena Holmes author. And you then all the everything. retailers are listed there. So there's amazon.ca.com and then Barnes and Noble and literally like a whole big list of retail Great. retailers. That's 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 amazing. Yeah. So because normally Amazon is the easier thing, you know, you have, yeah. you, have uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just put it there and uh, they send it all over the world. So literally if I want to, if I want to order it tomorrow, I will have it in a, maybe even a few hours, you know, because, because <laughs> yeah. They just, <laughs> they just print it. They just print it, you know, and they don't they don't send yeah, it around the go. world. That's yeah, yeah, that's the that's the best thing ever, you know. So yeah. I, I I think it's really good to write a book. And the more um actually almost everyone now I speak with ha- has written a book. And um, most <laughs> of the time, most of the time I'm reading them as well. Yeah. And I really enjoy it because when I spoke with the person before, obviously, then I know who 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 is the person who wrote the book. And it's like then yeah. you your voice is in my head, and I literally uh, read the whole book through so it's 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 very yeah. inspiring and and i really like it because uh most i mean almost everyone is not uh, a book you don't you don't just write to write a book it's it's somebody yeah. who has something to say there is literally yeah. 
I don't know. There is not many people who just write a book to write a book. You know, it's. Uh, well, I mean, I thought hopefully it's something that, you know, from the personal challenges, it could resonate with some people and give them some hope and optimism if they're going through a challenging time. And then on the business exactly. side, it's Perfect. like, you know, there's going to be things that you face and challenges that you go through. So, again, hopefully, if that, if anyone can learn from those experiences and make it easier on themselves as young business owners or entrepreneurs, then that was kind of you know, two-sided. And when I had a, a writing coach, she said, you know, you can't put this memoir and a business book together. And I was like, well, I can't pull them apart. Like I probably wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't gone through all of those things. Right. So I feel like I had to include all of it in the same place. <laughs> yes, sure. Sure. Because the, uh, this podcast actually is, it's exactly for the, for the same reason, you know, it's, it's for people who want to learn and who don't, who don't necessarily uh, want to buy like courses for I don't know how much they just have to pick one yeah. of the guests you know from the last hundred guests that I had you know and the e-commerce or uh, e digital entrepreneurship you name it you know um, yeah. multi-millionaires uh, anything you want you can find in there in, in, in the I call it the library you know yeah. so you can just go through and listen to the podcast and learn from them and you don't have to like obviously you have to experience yourself but you can just listen to them how they did it so yeah. you don't do the the the, the exact the, the same mistakes because they yeah. have done them already. So you just yeah, have to find exactly. your own way. And this is exactly what I like because your book seems to be the same thing. And this is mm -hmm. so important to give value, you know, to 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 help others while they're reading your content or while they're listening to our content. It's yeah. it's, it's it's so much help out there. And this is the 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 the, the prior reason I think a book should be written, um, and not for like a reason for you just to just to get your, uh, you know, your thoughts um, out of your head. It's really yeah. as well with the purpose because only like this is working. Only like this business is working. The world is actually only working like that. So I think, I think it's perfect. And I really um, want to write a book as well, but mm -hmm. I don't know where to begin. And um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you well, tell me. I can me. give you any advice. It wasn't as hard as you would think. Like I just put together a spreadsheet to outline the chapter ideas. So I would have a framework and then you just sit down and write kind of chapter to chapter, right? So a chapter could be anywhere from five to 10 pages, you know, whatever it may be. I think my book was a little longer than they technically even suggest for that style of a book, but it's, you know, you just kind of let it flow. And then an editor will come back and chop down the content so that you take out anything that's not relevant. If there's duplicate words, things like that. And then okay. they go back for spelling and grammar and all of those checks. Um, but for the most part, I just, yeah, I, I did a spreadsheet and just, outlined all the ideas, came up with my chapter titles, and then I would just take time writing chapter to chapter. You could even write them kind of standalone and then connect them afterwards, but that was just the simplest way to do it. So it doesn't feel so daunting, like the 300 pages to write, <laughs> you know, you just give yourself a little framework for it. How long did it take actually to write it? And uh, I mean, afterwards um, to prove it <clears> and all that. Yeah, I, I went on a writing retreat in San Diego. So I think I spent a couple of days, two to three days writing there. And I think okay. I wrote 17 to 18 chapters out of what became 31. And then in the months that followed, I finished it. And then, like I said, I shelved it for a couple of years and I came back to it and rewrote the ending. So I probably ended up with an extra chapter because of that. So <clears throat> in okay. terms of hours. Your day or hours, days, maybe, you know. Yeah, ah, 50, 50 hours, hours okay. okay. And okay, then there was a number of rounds of editing uh, that went into it as well. Okay. Really good. Okay, I, I thought you broke up there. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So I I think that's that's just amazing. You know the book the book story, 
um, accidental entrepreneur. It's so hard to say, you know, I don't know why, but it, you know, it's just like accident, you know, it's nothing, yeah. uh, nothing special. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely good. So normally what we do at the, at the, um, at the end of our, um, podcast, or as well later on to in order to promote you uh, through LinkedIn, for example, we um, ask you for for a quote or something what is in your head what you what you would like to bring out there um, yeah. to 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 the public. You know, like if you had the whole attention uh, of the world for five minutes, what would yeah. this be, or what would you say? Yeah, I think um, one quote that I always really like is. We're a product of the choices we make, not the circumstances that we face. Very and I good. think for me, you know, it's kind of like that age-old quote where they could say, well, the father was an alcoholic. So one boy says, well, why do you drink? My dad was an alcoholic. Well, why don't you drink? Because my dad was an alcoholic. And it's really just looking at a situation and you can choose the positive path or the negative path. And I think for me, I've always tried to just, you know, do as much as I can to raise myself up, raise other people up around me. So I think it's always been a matter of those decisions. And I could have very much wallowed in my situation and gone down a different direction. But I knew that, again, no one's going to do that for me. That's only going to hurt me in the end. So I would always try to just overachieve and do as much as I could to push myself forward. And I think that's just sound advice for anyone. Yeah, definitely. We, 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 are, we, are, what we, we are here today because of what we have done yesterday. It's uh, exactly, I'm living by this as well. So it's it's really good. You cannot blame yourself for today yeah. because you need to look at what you have done yesterday and then uh, exactly. yeah. <laughs> moving forward like this. Great. Where can anyone get in contact with you? Maybe, you know, maybe just to talk with you or even for sure. the real estate, maybe out of Toronto area, somebody listening to us and uh, is interested to to have a talk with you. For sure. So I've got a couple of profiles on Instagram. So one of them is Serena Holmes author. And then I also have one that's more focused on real estate, but not just so much statistics, more everything and anything to do with the home, as well as real estate investing. So it kind of covers a number of things, not just, you know, those real estate data and statistics and things like that. So that's under Serena Holmes Realtor. Okay, great. That sounds really good. I will put them as well, everything in the in the description. So we have everything in one go. So we can promote this as well, as well uh, in this way. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for being here today. Um, was a pleasure to to talk to you and learn more about your book, The Accidental Entrepreneur. Now I got it right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much, uh, Serena. Me.